real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Phony gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I'm sitting on the TV, mama. Mama, mama, put this Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. Another beautiful Sunday. Special broadcast, though. Very special. Uh, 1 p.m. show. It is 1.02 p.m. on the East Coast. We will not have a West Coast broadcast until 8 p.m. Eastern time. But uh, we will definitely bring a West Coast broadcast to you all out there. Shout out to everybody who's listening to us internationally, man. KIRP Radio Show. Dot com is the website. You could also check us out on iTunes. iTunes is blowing up, man. I really appreciate the love and uh, the dedication and the admiration and all those other words that we like to use to say. I appreciate y'all for helping us out and uh, showing us a little bit of attention, you know, showing us a little bit of love. Definitely goes a long way. Also, shout out to everybody out there who messes with us on Twitter at simple. K-I-R-P radio show I'm not saying it fast You're just listening slow But I'll say it a little bit slow At simple K-I-R-P radio show That's what it is man Tweet us, let us know your comments We're part of the team follow back So everybody knows that When you show us a little bit of love We open up the books for you And you become B-I-G in our book We like the mob around here The good mob You know the, the mob that shows the loving side of the mob. You know how it goes. Check us out, man. Uh, every Sunday, 8 p.m. is the regular time. And uh, you could also check me out on Twitter as well, at NC Pudgy is me. As I always tell people, don't be surprised on what I might say. I definitely try to keep it 1,000 with people because uh, I'm just not politically correct. But I'm also respectful. And you know something? 
I think that's that's uh that's a part of the game that I think people get mixed up. You don't have to be PC to be respectful. You know, there's a lot of people out there that believes that you know, you can be the babbling fool, you know, the disrespectful, you know, you want to get your point across, you got to curse people loud, you have to degrade people and and you know, just to disagree with people, you have to be uh, a butthole. A jackass, if you will. Let's just call it what it is. I'm not good at holding my words, but you, you guys know it's all love. So you don't have to be a jackass. You don't have to be offensive to people to get your point across. You know, you don't have to be mean. Uh, you don't have to be mean-spirited. You don't have to insult people. You don't have to degrade people. Uh, we're all different. You know, that's a, that's a beautiful part uh, about this country is that you can all be different. You know, that's a beautiful part of being a, a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, we accept people for being who they are, and we still love them while also promoting our Christ principles to them. That's something that I think a lot of my friends need to understand when they call themselves Christians, and you you devote yourself to that walk and to that life. You know, we're a loving body of people. I don't care what you believe in. It's all good. Do you believe in what you want? And and that's fine. Um, but I'm steadfast in what I believe in as, as being a follower of Christ. And I can love you at the same time. I tell you that I think you're wrong. And at the end of the day, you know, as I always say to people, you know, in, in my faith, once you go away from this world and you're gone, you know, if you believe in what I believe, you're going to be all right, man. That's a better place for you. But for a lot of the things that people believe out there, well, you know, that's debatable. We just don't know. Anyway, man, we're talking about some things that are going on here in North Carolina. And I have some wonderful guests on the show. One that I'm about to bring to you guys right now. I'm not even going to go to a commercial because I'm so excited about bringing this individual on. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are out there talking about Donald Trump. And I ain't going to get on that. I'm, I'm not even going to go there. But I think a lot of people are talking about Donald Trump because, you know, he's a guy that's outside of politics. So they say, these are not my words. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you from the Trump supporter base. He's a guy that's, that's out of the box, uh, a guy that a lot of people believe speaks the truth and stands for what's right and believes in uh, making this country great. You know, a lot of people appreciate that premise, but I have someone that I've invited to the show uh, that I can't wait to have a sit down face to face with. I can't wait to uh, talk more about his campaign. But, you know, someone that I invited to the show who I know for a fact, not according to what other people say, according to what I know, we're talking about president. Yeah, I'm talking about me. This gentleman really understands what it means to live the American dream. Uh, this individual truly understands and know what it feels like trying to restore this country and making this country great again and keeping this country great, by the way, for all people, not just a small section or just not just a higher percentage of people, but for all people. Uh, this is someone that has been busy in local politics and in national politics and has dedicated his life 
to making a better way for all the citizens of North Carolina by putting his name on the ballot and filing saying that I want to be your congressman. I want to welcome to the show my good friend, uh, Mr. Teji Kimball. Welcome to the show, Teji. How you doing? Hello. Uh, this is Hello? somebody else. Hello, Teji. Okay, we don't we don't have him yet. I'm sorry. My my apologies for that. But uh, you know, let me just talk a little bit about this individual who uh, who's actually running for Congress and uh, why you guys should contribute to individuals such as uh, Teji Campbell. Uh, first of all, it's not a career politician. You know, this is someone who came up from the ranks, who has lived all over this country, and also an individual who has put his name on and his life on the line in order to fight for this great country by serving in the United States Army. Uh, this individual was someone who felt like a change needed to come. You know, living out there in the 4th District, he believes that he can be a representative that can make a change, and he wants to get his voice heard out there, but he needs your support. So I've invited Teji to come on the show because I have some questions about school choice, especially in the 4th District. Uh, there's a lot of different things that are going on in North Carolina with school choice. There are people who believe that uh, private school funding from the state level takes away from the public system, uh, the public education system. Um, frankly, from where I sit, and, and these are some of the questions that I pose to TG, uh when we get him here on the show, and I'm also going to pose to my, uh, my other guest uh, by the name of Greg Sinders, who's an uh, education, educational advocate and uh, policy advisor, you know, someone who has also dedicated his life and is passionate about education, uh, who now lives here again in North Carolina and are, and are making things happen, if you will. So I've also invited him on the show. And, and, you know, I got a few questions. You know, we right now live in the time where we have an educational system that believes testing and end-of-the-grade testing and unconventional testing that's far uh, vast from common sense. <laughs> you know, common sense education does not even exist anymore. What I'm talking about is common core. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there, teachers included, a lot of parents out there that don't believe in common core, even myself. You know, we homeschool our kids uh, right here in the home based off uh, a, a few other curriculums out there that we actually pay for. But the greatest thing about that is that we got, my wife and I, we took the time to be able to sit down and look in these curriculums and say, you know what, this one fits better for, you know, our children. And not only that, you know, this one fits better for this child. This one, you know, that one fits better for that child. And that's something that, that that's a freedom that we don't get in the public school system anymore. I don't know that we've ever had that kind of freedom where you get to cater to your child's ability to learn and, and, and educate your child based on their speed and their interest. You know, I think that's also very important that sometimes you have children who are, are, are interested in math and, and are gifted in math, but they're not so gifted in reading. So things will come easier uh, in, in, the, in the realms of, of mathematical equations or, or problems or what may have you. So, you get this. You get to excel 
with that child. You get to build more on the mathematics because they're very interested in it. But you also get to spend more time on the things that they're lacking in. Not not only that, you know, we're able to spend more time than what the school spends on each each particular subject. And and I also think that's a beautiful thing in the growth of your children and the education of of your children. Now, I'm not just talking about, you know, learning to a test, which is what's happening in the public school system. I'm not just talking about learning so that you can pass a quiz. You know, anybody can do that. We're talking about teaching your children. I mean, imagine this, right? Imagine pulling out a test. And this is something that we we really did. All my kids were on a A honor roll, B honor roll. Man, we have so many honor roll certificates from, from when they were in public school that is crazy. But one day I asked my son, I said, uh, what's, I found a paper in his bag. Okay. Something that I, I, I guess I didn't see before from a test. He, he missed one question. So I, I pulled it back out. I said, I wonder if he knows this, right? I, I know I didn't go over it. And I'm wondering if the teacher actually went over it. So I pulled this paper out and I said, uh, do you know what the answer to this question is? The only one that you missed on this test? He said, yes. I said, okay, well, let's do it. Let let me see you do it. So I, you know, I asked the question, you know, what's this times this, you know, whatever, whatever it was. Actually, it was a word problem. So we read it over and he read it and I I was satisfied with his reading because, you know, we, we read a lot around here. That's what we do. We're always reading something. And um, so long story short, you know, he reads it off and he's stuck. Now, I'm I'm looking at my son. Now, even even I'm getting frustrated, right? Because this is an honor roll student. He only missed his one question. So I, I when I realized he didn't know what was going on, I tried my best, <laughs> you know, to to read through this problem and and explain and try to get the answer and or, or help him get the answer, and he just didn't get it. I mean. When I tell you didn't get it, I mean totally did not understand. And I thought about it. I looked at the date on the paper. I said, have you guys ever went over this material again? He said, no, I hadn't done it since, you know, I think it was November that was on the paper. And I believe it was March when we were uh, going over the problem. He said, no, I hadn't been over it. We hadn't done it since uh, when we took that test. I haven't seen it since. So it got me to think. And I said, okay, fine. We, we, We went over the problem. You know, we got the right answer. He understood what it was, at least for that moment. And we continued on. So needless to say, I'm talking to my wife about this, and, and I'm really sitting down, and I'm like, we got a problem. Because our kids who make great grades, right, honorable students, who reads above average because of what we do at home, um, who understands the basic of, you know, mathematics and, and, and a little bit of science and, you know, the, the little things that we do at home, I, I knew that they understood that part, but they're bringing home honor roll certificates and the school system is praising them for be able for, for accomplishing or achieving, excuse me, these honor rolls and they don't know the material. I mean, they totally didn't know it. And and that's a scary thing because, you know, we're thinking that or we're hoping that our kids are going to go to college. You know, they're going to do well in life. They're, 
you know, they're going to go to college and make good grades and, you know, maybe get a scholarship for education. We're not even talking about athletics. We're talking about, you know, get a scholarship for, uh, you know, being smart. But they don't know the material. And I was like, it was really, I don't know, it was, a, it was alarming. It was scary, too, because I'm like, damn, these kids are smart, but not really. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking anyone's kids. I'm not saying that because your kids uh, achieve the honor roll that they, they, they're, they're not as smart as the, the school system says they are. But my whole point is that when you're being taught to only pass a test, you're not being taught to retain the information. You're only being taught this information to know it temporarily. And that's not the route that we wanted to go. So, you know, my daughter, who who is the the very gifted, all, all my kids are gifted, but she's on a she's gifted on a whole different level, right? She's diff, she's gifted on a whole another level, uh, and that's just the truth of the matter. Um, once we started talking to her, you know, she got it. She was doing a, a trig in the fifth grade calculus. I mean, this this kid is exceptionally smart on that level that a lot of us aren't able to myself, I'm not able to uh, operate on that level. She's a, she God bless her. You know, God has blessed her. So um, the straw that broke the camel's back, which is why we started homeschooling schooling was um, one day, you know, my, my daughter, you know, the the regular routine that a lot of us go through, uh, you know, we, we drop our kids off at the bus stop or, you know, we, we see him off at the bus stop and see him on the bus. And then, you know, we go on to work and we're doing our thing. And then we come home to meet them or get home after they should be home. And then we go on about the rest of our days. You know, that's a lot of folks regular routine in, in America, not only in North Carolina, but just in America. You know, we send our kids to school and then we meet them back at home and we talk about school and then we go on with the extracurricular activities that we have, right? Dinner and so, 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 so forth. So, uh, I get home a little late one day. It's 4.30. You know, no one's home. Okay. Bus is running a little bit late. Uh, but I'm concerned. 4.45. 5 o'clock. No bus. Bus should have been there at 3.50. So now I got a problem. I'm calling my wife. What's going on? Is 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 my daughter with you? No, she's not with me. She should be home. The bus. So we're calling the school. You know, we get no one from the school. I I, I call the, the number that's listed for the school board, the local school board. I don't, I don't get anyone. I call the principal's office. I can't get anyone. So now I'm in a frantic. Truth be told, I haven't seen my child, my sixth grade child, daughter, since, I don't know, 6.20 a.m. at the bus stop. So in my mind, Everything in the world has happened since 6 a.m. this morning, roughly. My child is nowhere to be found. You know, I, let's just put it on the line. I don't even know if she made it to school. So now, me being the realist, I'm going, I'm thinking the worst. Okay, it's getting dark now. It's, I don't know, it's 6 o'clock. No one from the school. No principal. No friends, no one. No one has an idea where my child is. And at that point, 
I realized exactly how powerless we were and how much we put um not only how how much how powerless we were but how much trust we put into a school system that really does not watch over your children that great they're just not able to um so many members in the schools it's just the truth of the matter that they're not able to um this happened at one time the bus finally came at like 6:15 so here it is 12 hours and now I finally get my child back home not knowing what happened come to find out the bus broke down blah 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 but my point is we send our kids off in the morning and if we don't see them get on the bus and even if we do see them get on the bus we don't know what happens in between until we see them again, until we hope to be able to see them again. And for me, I did not like uh, the feeling of being that powerless with my children. Not only can I not teach them, I don't have any control on, on, on what they learn other than, you know, at home. Uh, I don't have any control over what goes on through their day. Not that I'm trying to be a dictator, but you know what? When you become a parent, you are a dictator. And you have to dictate what your kids do, what they learn, what they eat, and, and, and what may have you. And absolutely, their safety. So sending my kids off to school on a bus, going to work, and then coming home and hoping that they come back to me just didn't work for us anymore. So we opted out of the school system. We opted out of the uh school sending us a letter home saying that these shots need to be taken. We don't even know what they are. We opted out of the school saying that your child is bad or your child was disruptive in class, which didn't happen in in my household. But it's a reality for a lot of parents out there because children are human beings. And when there are 30 kids in a school in one room, you know, sometimes they're going to speak to each other. Sometimes they're going to say, hey, do you have a pencil when it and they're going to reply back. You know, sometimes they're not going to raise their hand before they speak up about something they're excited about or a topic that they've spent so much time and, and learned on and are excited about giving the answer to. And they're going to have what the school might say is an outburst. Now, you do that two to three times in a year and you have a problem child. You take them out. You talk to the counselor. Now you have a child that needs medication because they can't, quote unquote, control themselves. So we opted out of all of that. And we opted into being able to teach our children more in less time and even using more time and unconventional methods when needed. That's what we opted into. And if you really want to define what it is at the end of the day, I mean, at the very end, it's simply freedom. We opted into freedom. 619-638-8559. Going to commercial, man. This is the Carolina Panthers Sunday, baby. If y'all don't know by now, the Panthers are absolutely going to do it tonight. So I want you guys to have on your Panthers paraphernalia, pull your jackets out, get your flags out, your coats or whatever else you have, because this is the Panthers winning weekend, baby. We'll be right back. You're rocking with the KRRP radio show.
my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone. Inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jill Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. TiffanyInc.com 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800 442 Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Welcome back, folks, to the KRP Radio Show, baby. 619-638-8559 is the number. Folks, in North Carolina, we got a whole lot of snow, man. I hope everybody out there is warm. I hope everyone is safe. Uh, the governor, actually, Governor McCrory, declared this a state of emergency. But the sun is out today, and this is sunny Sunday. So I hope folks out there are, are you know, I hope everyone is, has their power back on. Shout out to Duke Power who is definitely on the job. Also got to give a shout-out to everyone out there who were trying to make it happen this weekend, shoveling their driveways and getting to work. And we're not out of the woods yet, folks, so make sure you are safe. Make sure you still drive slow. And when the temperatures drop, you definitely need to watch out for the black ice that, are out, that is out there on these roads. All right, God bless y'all, man. Right now, I want to take the opportunity to bring my guest on for the evening Candidate, 4th District, North Carolina, Congress. This is the man I was telling you guys about earlier. Welcome to the show, Teji Kimball. Thank you very much, Paji. Appreciate being able to be here and talk to your listeners about things that are clear and near and dear to my heart. Man, I don't know if you heard me earlier, but I gave you some serious big up. I mean, some serious love. I mean, I put you up there on that pedestal. 
<laughs> well, I got to kick the pedestal out from underneath because you can't walk amongst the people standing on a stage. <laughs> so true, my friend. So true. Um, but you know what? I, that pedestal was was a pedestal of truth, and uh, it's a pedestal that I think a lot of people out there uh, want to stand on, and feels that people such as yourself should stand on, which is. Uh, taking the chance and getting out there and, and, and getting your name on the ballot amongst uh, some people who hold the same truths, KG. So uh, what what made you run for Congress? Well, it was a prayerful consideration and the absolute frustration with what was going on in D.C. and the fact that things weren't getting done for the people and that when you go to D.C. as a representative, you go to represent the people, not yourself or special interests, a party. You go to represent the people who actually send you there. And after trying to get things brokered and uh, trying to get common sense approach to different life issues, and not seeing it occur, the question came up with, well, if that's what you want done, why don't you run? Mm -hmm. And it was never something I had considered before, so I had my pastor and church folks to really pray about it, not on whether or not I should run, but to be in God's perfect will. Sure. And we felt as if uh, that is what we needed to do in order to get the people's voice out there. Well, you know, a part of the people's voice right now in North Carolina and and a a hot topic, you know, I hate to call it a hot topic because it's too important to only be a hot topic. But uh, educational freedom in North Carolina has drawn some serious battle lines in the sand, as we used to say on the playground. And uh, there are mm-hmm. people who are standing on one side of the fence and on the other side of the fence, and they're looking at each other going, something's got to change, but this is not it. Um, what's happening with school choice in North Carolina that voters in your district are concerned about? Well, bottom line is this. When you have people standing on opposite or polar uh, sides of the fence, it is adults. And the adults, when they put in their own feelings uh, of self-interest, you end up having this polarization. What we need to do is turn it about 90 degrees and look at the children, the ones that are the recipients of the argument at the top. Let's look at it from a bottoms-up approach and say, who deserves the right to receive an education that helps them succeed in life? And if we take an honest look at it and say, the children do, then we have to put the responsibility of where the children go to school to get that education to become successful in life in the hands of the parents. 
And when we do it to the, for the parents, then the parents must not have barriers to achieve that level of education for their children. Absolutely. So when we look at school choice that way, then we start having the common sense approach that says, as a parent, and I have never met a single parent anywhere in the country that says, I don't want my children to succeed. Every single one of them, regardless of socioeconomic background, regardless of color, creed, anything, they all say, I want my children to do better than I did. And that's what we as a society need to provide. But we need to do it to where parents have the choice, not government. Absolutely. What are, What's your feelings on, on, you know, there are people out there, rightfully so, you know, I, I definitely understand where they're coming from and, and why they make these claims, but there are folks out there who says uh, school choice is great, but when you take money out of the public school uh, budget or funding for private school, it hinders public schools' ability to educate properly. Um, how do you respond to that to your district who has those concerns? Well, it all comes down to really pretty the whole idea of the funding should follow the children. If I have a child, and all my children were, my four children were educated in the Durham public school system, uh, and also I had one son to go to uh, the School of Science and Math. So they all received public educations. The thing is, when we continue to enable bad behavior, then we continue to get the same results. And it is a pure definition of insanity to say that the results are going to be any different. Now, if I have 100 children in the school and the school is reimbursed at X number of dollars, then whether they're public, private, charter, homeschooled, whatever the parental choice is, the, the school or educational process should be held responsible to ensure that that child has the greatest capability or ability to receive and achieve their greatest potential. And if they do not, then the parent should have the right to say, I need to put my child somewhere where I think they'll succeed. And in mm. doing so, the money follows the child. Now, if we want to improve, competition in the marketplace has been the best way to improve. Mm -hmm. But we, the people, need to hold both every level of education, regardless of method, accountable for our children's success. What, uh, you know, why are people so black and white on this issue? Is, is it is it that 
you know, is it the political aspect of it? You know, because that's the feeling that I get, and that's also a question I'm going to oppose to uh, you know, my next guest, uh, Greg Sanders. Um, you know, is, is politics more important to politicians uh, than the education of our children in North Carolina? I'm one that uh, doesn't adhere to politics. I, I adhere to people and what people need and what people want as solutions for all. Uh, I am not one to um, jump up and down because of things on national levels. or I just want the people to get the results that is good for them and all. Oftentimes... It's like children in a playground. That's how I look at politics at times. Is I've got the ball and I don't want to. I don't want you on my team. And the other one says I'm not on your team, so I'm going to take all my stuff and go home. Sure. That isn't how government's supposed to work. Government is a situation where side opposing sides sit down, talk, and hammer out a solution that works for all people, whomever they represent. And unfortunately, we have gotten to a point of where party is more important than people. And people are screaming at D.C. saying, we pay the taxes, we want some results. We want the results. We want the maximum number of results and it doesn't sit up there in D.C. We want the results here at home. So I propose a lot of things, especially around education, as block grants that then get pushed out to the state, reducing the size of federal control, but pushing it out to the state so that the states can create competitive programs for children to succeed. And then reward states that do great jobs with their kids. When you have a system of combined infrastructures that make it to where children succeed and parents have choice to send them to the succeeding areas, it rises. The rising tide lifts all ships. We Hmm. all win. Society wins. Children win. Regardless, economy wins. We then are able to then put children in a place where they can take the mantle of leadership in the future. I like that. I think I think a lot of parents uh, would like that. Um, I, I'm just going to ask you, you know, you know, one more question. I I, I really want to get into a whole lot of things, with you, but we have to schedule <laughs> for face to face next month and. Um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to that, but I, I definitely wanted your input today as well uh, with what's coming up soon here in North Carolina uh, with school choice. Um, I just want to ask you, how does Teji Kimball or Congressman Kimball make an impact on education in North Carolina when elected? What could we look forward to? Or, or what type of things could we look forward to seeing or hearing from you um, once you become congressman? 
two major areas. One is how do we get the funding and the restrictions to funding out of D.C. and to the states? That's number one. And the reason why that's number one is because of the fact I believe the states have a better handle on what they need to do for their constituents or for their citizens. And if they don't, it is far easier for parents to organize at a grassroots level and go to go to Raleigh than it is to D.C. And there's also a more of ability for Raleigh to listen to their constituents instead of special interests like in D.C. So you're going to see Congressman Kimball work to push more block grant money to the states. Two, you're going to see Congressman Kimball try to work to eliminate duplicative programs. Programs that are you know, the whole thing is D.C. can start a program, but D.C. can't get rid of a program. <laughs> and we have a lot of programs up there that are being funded, but yet are ineffective. Let's combine them. Let's take the best of each, put them together, and then push that program out to the states to car- carry out. It is important that we start working with our children before they go to kindergarten and help our children all the way through the 12th grade and beyond. We need to look at how our community college programs are and how they're funded so that people can have, if they don't fit into the four-year college model, maybe having the ability to get a vocation that allows them to still be a productive member of society. But we've got to think of all those things when we get up there in order to make that happen. So those are the two things that I'm looking forward to. You know what I'm excited about? And uh, I know you definitely have to be excited about traveling around the state and, uh, you know, spreading your message, you know, telling people, uh, what you're enthused about and what your plans are and, and introducing yourself. You know, it's, that's something that I've seen you do uh, that I was very impressed by. And, uh, you know, God bless you. KG. I think, uh, I think you have a good chance of making an impact for North Carolina. And I think you have a chance to do something great. And as some folks say, shock the world. So uh, if we could be of service to you, we are here for you, and I'm looking forward to talking to you soon again, my friend. Same here, and I do appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners both today and in the future and actually getting out and meeting people all over the district, all over the state, so that we can sit up there and make turn this corner of big government into state government and give the people – back the power in which they are engaged from the very beginning. The first three words of the Constitution, we, the people. We need to get involved. We need to get it done. Well, before I finally let you go here after holding you hostage, Steve, 
20, 30 minutes. I, uh, <laughs> we do, listen, we do shout outs on the show. So two things I'm going to ask of you. One, I'm going to ask you a shout out. And then I want you to give uh, some information on, you know, where people can be a campaign because let's face it, you know, when you jump into an arena like this, um, it costs, you know, there happens to be cost of something. No matter if we like it or not, it, it just is. So if you would let the folks know where they can make some contributions to your campaign and how we can help you out. And please give a shout-out before we let you roll out of here. Well, I thank you very much. I'm um, pretty humble, dude. Uh, I first have to give a shout-out to my pastor, who is Overseer Luther K. Brooks of St. James Baptist Church in Durham, North Carolina. As an associate minister there and working with him, and working with a, in a service-based, service-based ministry. ministry, I am uh, truly humbled by working with the people who have the least in order to help them make the best. And then I also have to give a shout-out to all the people that I've met from Durham all the way down to Cumberland County and Alamance, Chatham, Orange, uh, Lee, Harnett, uh, and Wake Counties, who have come up and said, it's a good message, and boy, we want to hear more, and we're behind you. The place that they can go is KFC 2016. Kimball for Congress, KFC2016.com. Now, that's not the chicken man, but it is Kimball for Congress2016.com. They can read more about my platform, and they can volunteer, and above all, they can make donations, and which uh, I guarantee you will be spent efficiently and productively in order to get the word out and uh, make a difference in the state of North Carolina and especially in district. Hello? Just have a seat and listen to the way in What I am displaying A different kind of rapper language that I am saying To all the party people, mad at but info When it comes to rockin' parties, I am a nympho Maniac, brainiac, but do my dance And my rap can make the music We'll put you in a trance and Transcend your body and like it's a McCarty And you won't be fighting K-I-R-P Radio! Hey Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today No problem, Nate 
I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? No, grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressing number one. Maybe. Become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me. And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism. Nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government. 2 million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
AIRP Radio Show, baby. 619-638-8559 is the number, folks. I know y'all like that little bit of Confunction Love that we just played right there. I should have let the whole thing play out, man. Every time I play that Confunction Love, people hit me up like, Pudgy, let the whole thing play sometimes. We don't, we don't want to hear you. But anyway, shout out to everybody who's listening to the KLP Radio Show, baby, online and abroad, internationally, and throughout the United States. Definitely appreciate the love that you guys show. Also got to give a shout out to my guest who just came on, Mr. Teji Pen- Kimball. Excuse me, Teji Kimball. Uh, make sure you guys go to his website, man, www.kimballforcongress.com. We need you guys to leave a comment on this comment section. He got videos on here. There's sections where you can meet. He's got a platform on there, uh, solutions. The button on there that says contribute. Yeah. And that's what we need everybody out there to do. So you guys make sure you are active, uh, actively involved. And if you can't do anything else, go to his website, his, his website, <laughs> excuse me, and uh, donate. You know, five dollars ain't never hurt you. Skip that coffee from that place that makes the green cups. Who's not paying me any advertisement dollars? So I won't say they're free. Uh, so skip those places where you guys get your cup of coffee from every day that costs uh, four or five bucks and drop that money into Teji, someone who wants to make a difference in North Carolina, someone that I know who can be an effective leader if given the chance to be a voice for us here, voters in North Carolina. Uh, next week, folks, School Choice Week. And I don't know what school choice means, school choice week means uh, to you. But for me, in 2016, it means the beginning of a whole event. I mean, it's going to be events all over North Carolina. You know, Google it, school choice week, you'll see things pops up. Uh, National school choice week feature 16,100 events. That is a lot of events. So if you go to the website, schoolchoiceweek.com, you'll see a section that says events. Make sure you click that button and you find something, a rally or uh, a town hall or anything. You know, there's a map that's going to pop up if you put your zip code in or, I'm sorry, your area code or your city. Uh, This interactive map will show you where there are events or one of the 16,140 events that are being held in places near you at community colleges, charter schools, uh, you name it. I mean, there's going to be things going on all over the place. So maybe I'll see you guys at one of those events somewhere. Actually, I would definitely see you guys at one of those events out there somewhere. Because I'm very passionate about education in North Carolina and very passionate about education on the national standpoint. Front. Um, I think that it empowers us. I think it awakens you uh, when you take on the challenge to educate your child outside of the public school sector. Um, I'm not a person that's bashing the public schools. You know, I, I, I commend people like uh, Representative Stam, who, who has been very instrumental, and, you know, and a host of other people, uh, Tom Tillis, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest, Governor McCrory, 
You know, all these guys were very instrumental. Say what you want to say about not liking them personally, whatever. I know for a fact, you can look up yourself that these individuals were instrumental in making some changes in the North Carolina public school system that was well overdue, well overdue. And while a lot of teachers and maybe a lot of educators uh, have complained about the they receive, you know, at least someone took a, took the opportunity and took the charge on, you know, increasing their pay, which we all can agree uh, needed to be done. And and I hope that these individuals continue to fight against what we know is Common Core, uh, which is just not beneficial to uh, any of our children in any country. But speaking of North Carolina, it definitely does not fit for um, education in North Carolina. You know, we need more. Uh, We need teachers to have the ability to teach a curriculum that teaches kids how to excel right out of the 12th grade. You know, one foot out of the door from graduation, our children need to know how to interact in society. And how and and to be able to retain some kind of skill where they can go to work immediately. You know, college is not for every student. Uh, you know, every child is not going to get a doctorate. You know, and every child is not at the same speed. So, you know, if there's anyone out there, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, independent, if you're a communist, I don't know if you're a Christian, Muslim, Buddhist. Whatever you want, anyone out there who believes that we need to do more in this country to educate our children and get this country back to the place where people have critical thinking skills and some fundamental skills that can apply to the, 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 in the workplace that can get them working. I think if we took the time to focus on um, what some children test well on in baseline testing rather than how they test according to the curriculum that is taught, uh, I think we'll be better off in this country. And, you know, those are just my feelings. It's a very emotional topic, and this is just what it is. Uh, 20 seconds remaining. I'm sorry that I didn't get uh, uh, Greg on the show. I will do my best to get him on later to talk more about school choice week. Don't forget, folks, to check out schoolchoiceweek.com. Check out the website. Also, check us out on krpradioshow.com. We'll have more information about School Choice Week on there. Uh, I will be at some events all around the state on my own dime. I'm not paid by anyone. I don't shuck and jive. This is just something I care about. It's something that, that, that strikes my nerves, something that makes me tick. So I will be instrumental in trying my best to get the messaging out there and uh, the information out there on what goes on with education in North Carolina. This is my time, folks. I appreciate it. Don't forget, God is love. Love is God. Communication is the key. We must communicate. We must say hello before we can begin to start talking about what makes us go. You know, before we can start talking about politics, before we can start talking about things like even school choice. And you know, before we can start talking about religion or any of these other things that a lot of people put at the forefront of their lives, first we got to say hi. You know, so get out of your comfort zones. Maybe put your, down, your phone down for a second and say hi. 
You know, it's something that I believe that can also increase in the betterment of this country as we get down to being regular people and just being decent. Plain folks will go a long way. It worked for our ancestors. I think it'll work for us. See you guys later. We are out of here. One love. Shout out to Teji Campbell for coming on the show. Shout out to Representative Stam. Shout out to my man Greg Sendis with two G's. G-R-E-double-G. Like Snoop Dogg. D-O-double-G. Greg is a double G. Shout out to everybody out there for listening to the show. KRP Radio Show. So check us out on at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show. Find me at symbol N Pudgy. We are on iTunes. We are all over the place, folks. I'm over. We're in the bonus time. I gotta go. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Go Panthers. Super Bowl bound, baby. Watch us do what? Real gold recognize, real gold recognize, real gold recognize, real, real. Only gold recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time.